0: All right, welcome back to Blue by 90. I am Justin, joined by Jack and Kaylin as always. It is, God, it's already like, I, we're almost like midway through January right now. I don't, it feels weird because I think the entire month of December just flew by because I was just like thinking about the game the whole, the whole month. Ever since uh, the Big Ten championship game, I was just thinking about, you know, playing Georgia. And then it happened. And obviously it didn't go well, and now it's like, holy shit, we're in the year 2022.
1: I'll take it, man. Anything to get us out of 2021. You know, other than football season, it was a COVID-filled year. But I'm, I, it is weird. I don't know what I'm talking about right now. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's a like brain fart. I was trying to comment on it. And I just like wasn't even thinking. Don't know right. what. I'm,
0: Good to know we're 45 seconds in already, not knowing what we're talking about.
1: This is what I bring. I don't even know what to say to that.
0: All right, perfect, <laughs> perfect. Um, well, we've got, you know, obviously we've uh, been able to sleep on it a little bit with Michigan uh, falling to Georgia in the uh, in the college football playoff. A couple big news stories that have come out with football, and then we'll talk about basketball in a little bit as well, was uh, Sean Nua going to USC. Um, I- I'll give my take on that real quick, and then I want to hear what you guys think. My take is, I think he, you know, if you go back a year, everybody wanted him gone, right? Like, you know, it was like, why the heck are we keeping Sean Newell? I, I said it myself, to be honest. He missed out on a lot of recruits um, and, and wasn't really developing the interior lineman. But you fast forward a year, um, I think he had a little bit to do with, uh, with Ajabo and, and Hutchinson, but not a whole lot because they you know, high, uh, were hybrid linebackers a little bit and worked on the outside. Um, but he also did develop Mozzie Smith and Chris Hinton into pretty really you know, pretty good players. So I, I think that, you know, it is going to be a bit of a blow um, in terms of continuity and all that stuff. But I don't think this is like, you know, I don't think he's irreplaceable. Um, what I'd love to see Michigan go get is a, di- is a dynamite re- recruiter. Somebody who is picking up enormous, big boys in the middle that can can plug the holes. So what what's your guys' take on it?
1: Um, before I lose this out of my head, because I've been thinking about it for the last 30 seconds now, did you say continuity? Continuity?
0: Yeah, that's a word. <laughs> continuity is a word.
1: Holy shit. I cannot wait to clip this.
0: Con- <laughs> continuity continuity
1: <laughs> I'm now, be-
0: now i'm doing that now i'm doing that thing where you say a word too much <laughs> that you think it's not real
1: <laughs> well i'll tell you right here it's not real it's not a real world
0: <laughs> did you did you look it up or are you just saying oh no. no i was like when i heard it i was like is he what is he trying to say here it just it's baffled me um while well, you look that up i will give my All right. take are you, I, are you ready yeah Continuity: the unbroken and consistent existence or operation of something over a period of time. Suck my balls.
1: Can you, can you? Does it have like a noise where you can like click it so they say it out loud?
0: Yeah, it's probably not going to play on here. Yeah, it's not going to play. Damn. All right, I'll, I'll click Continuity. it. Continuity. Let, let me click it here real quick. Continuity.
1: <laughs> there. <you> hear it. <laughs> oh, prove me right, either way. Kind of a <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much uh, those position co, I mean, Sean Nua. I mean, we'll find a replacement of some sort. I don't know enough about how much position, position co affect um, talent. I'm sure it does with development and whatnot, uh, but I'm with you. Get a, get a dynamite recruiter and get some big boys. I mean, it's, it's, I feel like D line is harder to, you um, like the athletes are harder to elevate and it's more about size, at least when we're talking about the middle of the of the, uh, D line or the interior of the D line. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much on that. Congrats to him going out to Cal. Yeah. I
2: actually think that he might be a better fit at USC, right? Um, I mean, he's, he's a big Samoan guy from the West coast. Like he's going to do probably a better job recruiting there. Um, being under Lincoln Riley, like, who knows if he gets a little bit more say because there were some rumors about like Don Brown was holding him back. Like, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but, I mean, I wish him the best. I, I think, you know, he'll get a kind of a fresh start, new coach. Everything's kind of points up from there, in my opinion. Um, I heard that Coach Osborne, who was uh, an analyst who may have been coaching on the field, that's a different discussion, uh, is going to be like, a favorite for the position just to move him up from analyst to position coach. Honestly, I'm all for it. I've seen him in some of those photos and he's seasoned he's pretty hard. It looks like the team likes him. Like I what? do Why think not?
0: The, I do think the guys love him. Um, so I, I think that if if we can get somebody in there that you know is good on a skillful uh you know position as well, but also more so like culture and having guys buy in. And then that can uh, translate over to the recruiting trail too. That'd be huge for sure. Um, so, I, you know, there, there's one uh, one breaking news. A couple other ones. Andre Seldon to the transfer portal. Some people were I, – I put it out there on Twitter. I was like, I was pretty surprised at this. I thought that he was kind of not – maybe not next guy up, but he had a chance at taking a big leap next year and being a guy that contributed. Everyone's like, uh no, dude, he's five foot nine. And I'm like, well, they took him. They, I mean, they didn't think he was going to grow four inches when he, you know, at 18 years old. So he probably could have figured it out, you know? Right. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I,
1: I remember when uh, Andrew Seldon was getting recruited and he got bumped up to a four-star after, I think it was the Under Armour All-American game or something like that, and then I heard nothing about him since then. So um, I don't even recall him getting on the field at all. So um, I was excited for him when he got recruited to see what he looked like on the field, but I don't, I don't recall seeing him play at all. So um, I'm not thinking it's a huge loss if he never really got in a game, but I, when he was getting recruited, I was pretty excited to see him play, but I you know I never did. Yeah. I remember you had that
2: one recruiting clip where he like jumped up and swatted the ball from like a six, five guy.
1: Yeah. And it was like, Holy shit.
0: Well then, then what does it matter about his size? If he can go get up, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit of a loss. I think people, you know, I don't know. It, it'll, I'm sure Michigan will be fine, but and if anything, you want depth at that, at those positions. So, all right. And now for the worst of all news, Dan Velari to the transfer. Oh, they're going to differ out with that. But yes, that is the worst of all news. Oh my God, guys. This is I I my heart is broken legitimately. First of all, because you didn't text us to to tell us first. That, <laughs> that reached most. It's like getting ghosted by by your girlfriend or something.
1: Oh my god. That's funny. I'm with you. That is kind of painful. We I mean the, the fight the, like, the best part is, like, honestly, without Dan Villar, we're probably not in this position that we're at right now.
0: <laughs> it's so true. You
1: know, all the other guys. And, uh, you know, obviously, we love having Dan on the podcast. We get a little bit of merch and whatnot. And, you know, best of luck to him. I hope he goes somewhere fucking sweet.
0: Dude, if he goes to, like, some mag school and balls out, I'm going to get his jersey immediately.
1: I'm going to I'm gonna try to DM Charlie Batch and have him offer <laughs> a million dollars to play in MC. I'll
0: be like, I'm right down the road. This is perfect. <laughs> Dude, that would be incredible if Valari went right down the road to EMU. Oh man.
2: Get those Wednesday night matching games.
0: Oh, I Just will be slugging beers. Dollar truly. Really, so they those dollar, dollar beers at uh a, a Tuesday night emu game to watch Dan Valari. Oh jeez. That, makes- that would be incredible. That would be incredible. They'd probably kick us out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> at some point. Uh <laughs> Uh, but I mean, honestly, good luck to him. I, you know, I think that it was awesome to have him on the podcast. Like you said, I mean, he did say, what was his quote when, when, so we sent him a little thank you, uh, message after the, after the season just said, you know, Hey, thanks for everything. It was awesome to watch you and get to know you and all that stuff. He called us the best Michigan fans he's ever met. So I, we well, have to, take that title right like we're crowned that now
1: we may we may have we may have cut that quote short to one of the best but i'll take it that still works it's not like you're you know it's not
0: fake. The, <laughs> the best is all i saw,
2: saw. <laughs> blueby90shop.com <laughs> new shirt coming soon
0: yeah there you go
1: Sorry funny, to- when That i was kind of like oh i kind of got a feeling he might be gone
0: yeah, for sure. I there were a couple of things. Yeah, I was like, uh, you're looking elsewhere, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> but um, I mean, it makes sense, dude. Like, I, I'm i sorry, but Dan, I, I'm not sure if I see you cracking the starting lineup very anytime soon. Nobody was, nobody except for us was talking about the Cade the Cade <laughs> JJ valari uh, battle QB battle next year, so <laughs> um. But well, yeah, we'll see
2: where I, he goes and you might be eating your words next year.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, But yeah, we'll, uh, you know, we'll root for him wherever he goes. So I'm excited. Like, obviously I'm sad to see him go. I'm excited for him though. Like, cause honestly, anytime we talked, he was like legitimately like, dude, I, I need a chance. Like I can sling it. I need a chance. What? So I think he's super confident in himself. And I think people forget like, People think, uh, you know, oh, damn, like he's got no shot. He's, you know, or just like this This goes for any, any player out there that's not a starter in, a, in an all-Big Ten, all-American. All like these guys are really good, like really good, you know, and, and these are guys that absolutely dominated in high school were like setting records. So people, people don't understand what level of athletes still are the third-string quarterback at Michigan, you know
2: they don't yep. realize how competitive he was, right? Like he was talking about, it was like second game of the season. We were winning by like 40 and he's trying to call an audible at the line. <laughs> and Jim's like, dude, are t- you're taking a knee. Stop. Right. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, a, that was a very funny story. That was awesome. He was literally trying to audible into a pass. Cause we, half of it I think we put in his head, like, dude, you need to throw you need to throw the ball. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was, I mean, I, I truly do think there are so many of those guys out there that are like, Hey, all I need is my shot. And I don't blame them for that. How many two-star three-star guys like Ronnie Bell, you know, was not coming in as like this glamorous guy. He's worked his way out of the field. So I feel like I love that attitude from him and I hope that he, can, you know, he stays the course with it. So I, I, good luck to Dan. Good luck to everybody. You know, I, obviously we want to see you guys stay here, but we understand a, here's, here's the big, big thing out of this. Here's the rule for any Michigan fans out there on social media, whatever. Don't tweet dumb shit at, at recruits or at commits or at players that are transferring out. Like don't do it. It's, they see that like, like, I know that most of these guys are pretty thick skinned but they see that, you know, and they talk about it. Honestly, we've had some stories from some guys that are talking about fans DMing them and like the worst things that they've said. So people do see that. So I just wanted to throw that in there.
2: Well, don't forget the the last piece of news there. Go for it. Me? You're our our guy.
0: What's the last piece of news? Yeah, what's the last piece of news? (laughs) Oh, I, w- I thought we
2: were going to talk uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh rumors potentially.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. That's kind of big news.
1: Um,
0: well, <laughs> ah. it's not like – it's like breaking news, but it's also – I that honestly, is- I didn't even see it as big news because I'm just like, I've seen this story 400 times before, you know? So, like, yes, it's like – it's this – it's the uh, annual Jim Harbaugh to the NFL time, you know, like, do I think this is probably the most likely that it's ever been? Maybe, but I also, the, the other 75% of me is like, if Jim's going to go now, you know, why why now, right? Like, why wouldn't he have left last year? You know, I I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: I mean, I'm with you. I think it would be the most likely time for him to leave. Um, But to follow that up, I don't think he's going to leave. And the reason that I would say it's the most likely is because he has beat Ohio State. Now they can't say, oh, you went there and failed. Like you did what you you came to do. Beat Ohio State, win a Big Ten title. So, I I mean, I'm with you. I do think it would be the most likely time for him to leave, and I think that's why. Um, But, I, I mean, he literally just came out and said, I would do this job for free. Like, I don't, I don't see him leaving for a paycheck.
2: Yeah, uh, I think it makes, like, no sense, honestly. Like, I, I it would make sense in a way. But I'm just, like, I don't see him doing it, right? Honestly, I see Jim being, trying to be almost like a bow figure, right, in the best way, where he stays there for a long time. I mean, he's got, I think he's got two kids who go to U of M. He's also got, like, two young children kids who were in like elementary school in Ann Arbor uh he just donated his like money to the staff so I'm kind of like why would you do all that and then just be like all right I'm going see it it just that would be weird
0: yeah I definitely agree I mean I I think there's the part of me that says yeah he could be likely to go is exactly what you were saying Jack where it's like you know he accomplished the big things that he wants to do, obviously winning a national title is still out there, but like the monkeys are off his back of Ohio state and a big 10 championship. So what if he's sitting there saying, I want to go out on top because maybe this is in the back of his head. This is in the back of my head. What if we beat Ohio state this year and never win again? (laughs) You know, like there's a chance. I mean, it's, they're going to reload. You know, it's not like they're, you know, I know Michigan's going to be at the top too, but like it's not going to be easy to just go out and beat him again just because we got the monkey off our back. So he could be saying, all right, I want to go out on top. I, you know, let's go out on a high note when people love me and then maybe my image will still be great at Michigan. Whereas if he were to go do it, you know, let's say they go out and lose two, three more times in a row after this, then we're all going to be really pissed at Jim Harbaugh again, I'm sure you know, 99% of fans will, right? So that's what, how I could see him, you know, the likeliness of him going. But then everything, what you said, Kalen, it's like Jim Arbaugh is one of the most competitive people ever. He, I, I have to imagine that he's like, this is our time to get it rolling and start like actually being at the top, right? Like it, it would be crazy to me that it took him, you know, seven years to finally get this train rolling and humming and doing well. Like, you're telling me that he's now going to leave that as soon as it gets going uh, after seven years of building it up to go to the Bears or the Raiders and do another rebuild? Like, that does not make sense to me. That sounds like a terrible plan if I'm Jim Harbaugh. Like, that sounds just painful, you know? So, that part, I see it to an extent, but I also think it'd be, it'd be kind of crazy. Agreed. What do you guys think about all the rumors, uh, that, you know, of the, oh, he's trying to get an NIL deal. He's trying to, uh, talk to admissions and academics and and use this season as leverage so that he can get all these things, uh, for his assistance and to help recruiting and all that stuff. Um, honestly, I haven't
1: seen any of that. So, um, Great. I, You're a
0: great I, insider.
1: Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel like that's all BS. I don't know where that's coming from.
2: I don't think it's like a bad plan, though, in a way, because I think they need some of that stuff. So if that's what he's after, I'm kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm for that.
0: <laughs> Dude, if if that is true and he's he's using the best season ever – not to leverage for more money, but to leverage for, to better the program uh, and to get his assistants more money and to, you know, get student athletes more money. Like, Holy shit. Jim Harbaugh is turning into this like really good guy. <laughs> you know, I, everyone's talked about Jim Harbaugh being a dick forever and ever. And I think there's definitely some truth to that, but I, I think like, seriously, he, if this is true, he is a, put his ego aside so much and said it's not about me one bit this is about michigan this is about the program the student athletes my assistant coaches that is awesome i in my opinion if that were to be true so can you break this down because for people
1: like me that are listening and like have no idea what you're talking about
0: you're like you're like michael scott explain this to me like i'm 5 <laughs> well you because you're not saying
1: anything you're saying like getting doing all this stuff but what's he trying to do i don't
0: understand so the the rumors are that he's trying to leverage this season and say hey i am going to leave for the nfl he's talking to the athletic department right or the or the boosters or slissel or whoever it is right making the decisions and he's saying i'm gonna leave for the nfl if you guys don't put your money towards producing a big time NIL program for us to use for recruiting, you know, to, or give me uh, money, more money for my assistants to, to have, you know, that big assistant pool that Mel Tucker just got uh, for his uh, salaries for his assistants. And then third, I think he's leveraging, or the rumor is that he's leveraging for like admissions academic standards to be lowered. So that them like because right now it's like them Michigan in the transfer portal is a nightmare because nobody's credits transfer to Michigan. So these guys that have taken all these classes elsewhere they don't get credit for it at Michigan. So he's trying to get those standards lowered as well and have admissions help them. So that's what that's the what is being said out there.
1: Gotcha. I like the NIL stuff.
0: I like it all. Not. Lot. I mean, I mean yeah.
1: lowered, just different. easily executable the admissions thing might be a little bit harder um
0: i don't think michigan's gonna i don't think they're gonna budge on admissions or yeah i was saying i
1: think that's bs earlier i didn't know about the other stuff i like that nil stuff i mean great you might be trying
0: on the academic stuff but they're not gonna do anything about it so yeah um, i think
2: it's also very possible that somebody just said like hey like have you heard from any NFL organizations and like someone was like, Oh yeah, Jim like said, hi to Mark Davis on the phone. And they're like, <laughs> Oh
0: my God, he's going to the Raiders. Right. Right. Yeah. I, well, I mean, there half of the, it was all Bruce Feldman, right. Who let's, let's take this with a grain of salt. Bruce Feldman is literally writing a, or he's wrote a book and he's trying to sell it. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about that first. Um, and so he wants to be in the limelight secondary, this is easy clicks for anybody to talk. Jim Harbaugh is the most clickable name in the history of clickable names, right. In terms of sports. So um, you, you, they want to do that. Um, but what Bruce Feldman said was like, yes, I've heard from that the NFL is interested in Jim Harbaugh and also Michigan or from the Michigan side, Jim Harbaugh may be interested in the NFL. It's like, yeah. I'm 100% sure that there are probably 10 NFL teams that want Jim Harbaugh right now. Like the coaches in the NFL and the bottom half of the NFL are terrible. Why would they not want to go out and get a guy that's one at Michigan now? And I don't know if you guys remember, but he did go to a super bowl. You know, like I'm 100% sure that yes, the the rumors about the NFL calling are true, but And I'm sure that he is listening a little bit. Why wouldn't you listen when I've had job offers? I, you know, I listen to job offers, especially when people are talking about, you know, giving me $10 million, right?
2: Yeah. In the most conspiratorial world of all time, Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL only to switch places with his brother, John,
0: We get John Harbaugh. I I like John Harbaugh a lot, actually. That would be awesome. So I don't know. It's just it is definitely all conspiracy theories. It's it's you know it's rumor mill. I don't think anything will come of it. I'm hoping really the big thing is that he's gonna squash the rumors soon for recruiting and for recruiting purposes, but also so that I can stop worrying about it. I think that's the most important thing. So yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else you guys w- want to talk about before we get to a pretty sweet interview here? Nope. All right. So coming up for you next, we've got something special for you from the recruiting trail. We've got Alan true from 24 seven sports. He is the Midwestern uh, recruiting analyst for them. Super cool, dude. I met him down in Miami at the orange bowl. Um, he had went to the uh, the Under Armour All-American Bowl uh, as well, or All-American game, whatever, for the high school recruits. Super cool, dude. I, I would if you are into recruiting, you have to follow him if you if you don't already. Dude knows everything um, and probably has more stories about high school recruits than anybody ever. I would love to sit and just have a beer with him to talk about like everything that, uh, you know, he's seen and heard and all that stuff on the recruiting trail, but, um, there we'll, uh, we'll talk to him. We talked to him about a lot of things. We talked to him about Michigan, you know, what, what has this season done to them? What's he hearing from in terms of some other, uh, recruits in the 2020, class, what the recruiting is going to do in the future and all that stuff. So, uh, get ready, listen up for Alan true. All right, now we bring on Alan True, Midwest reporting uh, analyst for Two Four Seven Sports. Uh, Alan, thank you so much for coming on. You've obviously done an awesome job covering recruiting and just you—you've blown up a little bit yourself, going from you know local to to now just across the country. But thanks for coming on, man. How has it been to uh, to be back in like? real football with uh, with fans and and go through a whole football season here
3: you know it was good although I have to say uh, there were a couple high school games I went to where there were no fans just uh, media and the teams were allowed in and it was kind of nice to park right next <laughs> to the stadium and just walk in not have parents bugging me during the game and just right. kind of watch the game do some interviews and then bounce out of there so it was uh it wasn't that bad we still got to do camps but it is uh it, it is nice to be back kind of with the whole atmosphere of high school football and, uh, and all that going again. Do no. parents
1: recognize you when you go to games? What's that? Do parents recognize you when you go to games and just like, hound you to try to get their kid
3: rated like more stars? Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that. It's not always uh, ratings either. It's just, Hey, can you mention my kid? Can you make sure you look at number 33? Can you, you know, get some, some, get his name out there a little bit. Uh, people, people definitely, it's hard to hide. Uh, I'm, I'm begging the other recruiting sites to at least come and hire one Asian person so that I can blend in a little bit, but uh, I can't, uh, I, I can't, I can't hide too well from the crowd. Uh, need that huge mask, right. That covers
2: your whole face.
3: You know, that was enough. That was a unintended uh, positive of COVID is that maybe I got to disguise myself a little bit better.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there a, a worse breed of people than parents of young athletes because we've all experienced the, the parent of, I mean, I think it's worse the younger it gets when you're in like, you know, 11U travel ball and, and the parents are going crazy, but high school parents have to fall in that into that category as well, don't they?
3: It, it can get a little rough. And I'm like, you know, my son's starting to play sports. So I'm working hard to try not to be that dad. Uh, and I'm around a lot of them now in the stands. So I get it a little bit, but uh, you know, I, I will say this too, on the, on the flip side of it, there are parents uh, every year who are are great you know we deal with a number who are just happy that we're covering their kid uh, they kind of stay out of the process and just guide their kids in the best way possible we've I've dealt with them all I've dealt with awesome ones I've dealt with really bad ones and everything in between.
0: yeah I fi- I figure you get a, a little bit of both there a little bit of both for sure. Um, well you know we just got off of what ended up to be, one of the best Michigan football seasons in quite some time, you know, uh, outside of, you know, I met you down in Miami. um, And that was obviously a bummer, but all in all, just an unbelievable season, you know, give us a little bit of, of your take after seeing, were you, were you, from a talent perspective, you know, was 2020 just a complete anomaly for Michigan football or, or, you know, what was the big step that Michigan did take forward when you look at their roster from 2020 to 2021?
3: Yeah. I think that they, Michigan has, when you look at um, the draft classes, the last few years, Michigan's always had the talent. There's always enough, you know, you watch, uh, you turn on the TV on Sundays and, You know Jabril Peppers and Rashawn Gary and Donovan Peoples Jones are out there. You know Nico Collins caught a touchdown I saw recently. There's there's always Michigan guys playing, Uh, even in some of the years that they didn't win as many games. They had NFL talent on the roster, so I think Michigan has recruited well enough. Always recruits well enough to be able to at least compete for the Big Ten title, if not for a college football playoff spot. I think this year you just kind of had the right blend of guys that were recruited to the system. I think. You know, this is a couple of years into now Josh Gaddis being there. And he, he always talked about speed and space. And now you're seeing some of those guys playing more. Um, and, and you're seeing, I, I think to me, the biggest difference was um, the blending of the systems. I think they got the right assistant coaches in. Mike McDonald did a really good job this year. I thought that the secondary played better with the same, really the same group of guys. So I think that's the, the difference there is bringing in new coaches like Steve Clinkscale and Ron Bellamy. Um, and, and the backs played really well. So you gotta, you know, Mike Hart did a great job there in his first year. Uh, Sharon Moore moving in the offensive line did a great job. So I, I don't really think that the talent was that different than what you've seen Michigan put out on the field the last four or five years. I, I just think it, it fit their coaching style and it fit their system. Maybe a little bit better this year.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned some of those younger, those new coaches, we have joked about it because we beat it to death about this new energy you know, the young energy that Michigan has had. Um, What have you seen from those guys on the recruiting uh, trail in terms of, is it a different approach that they're going after? Is it that they can relate to these guys more because it it wasn't too long ago that they were in their shoes? What do you see from the new coaching staff uh, from Michigan on the uh, recruiting trail?
3: Yeah, you know, I think they're just a, a more well-rounded staff of, of strong recruiters. I always thought that before they had some strong recruiters on the staff, but um, then they were kind of supplemented by a couple of coaches who maybe weren't as strong on the recruiting trail, great coaches, but, but not as strong on the trail. I think now top to bottom, this is one of the better recruiting staffs that they've had. I do think the youth plays a part in that. I do think that having some guys who have played at Michigan plays a part in that when, when you're Mike Hart and you're Ron Bellamy and you've suited up and played in the big house, I think you can sell it a little bit differently. Um, Steve Klinkscale came in with the reputation, like he was a thorn in the side of Michigan and Michigan state when he was at Kentucky. And so I think you've seen him carry that over, um, into the recruiting trail now. So there's, there's definitely youth, um, there's diversity and there's a bunch of guys who I think take recruiting seriously and enjoy doing it, which to me, recruiting is a lot. It's a lot about effort. I mean, it's tough at the end of the day, you've been coaching. A lot of them have families and you got to go home at night and text and call a bunch of recruits. Uh, not everybody wants to do that but i think that these guys get it
1: and i for the contact from the coaches to the recruits i mean i know all of us have played ncaa road to glory and you you kind of just use your controller on xbox and just like click through and be like oh shoot this guy a text message shoot this guy a call how often are like coaches actually contacting these kids
3: i mean all the time you've got playoff teams who are I don't. I didn't hear about as much this year, but in previous years, you ha- you had teams FaceTiming recruits as they're warming up to play in a playoff game. Um, yeah, I mean, I think LSU did that a couple years ago. I remember that now. So they're constantly, they're constantly on their phones. Like if you're around a bunch of college coaches, they're on their phones all the time, texting, calling, DMing recruits. Um, it never stops because really. You just decide when it's done. There's not hours for recruiting. It's not eight to five, nine to five. It's just whenever you decide to put the work in and you know that there's other teams. Once you put your phone down, you know that there's going to be other teams texting and calling that recruit and their parents and their coaches. So it's just a kind of a an arms race of who has the most energy and stamina for it. And I assume that that's where having a large,
2: like recruiting staff is really helpful for the large programs, right? Because I would assume like, 70-plus-year-old Nick Saban is not the greatest texter, not the greatest FaceTime DMer. So is is there something to be said for these huge recruiting departments at these large schools?
3: Oh, yeah. Huge, huge uh, benefit if you've got a bunch of staff. If you've got a bunch of GAs, you have a big recruiting staff. Honestly, even now, I think a big part of your recruiting is how good your graphics guys are. Are they cranking out? a bunch of Photoshop edits and doing some creative stuff with video to catch the attention of these kids to kind of give your coaches some ammunition to go out there and and, and text and DM and, and all that with. Um I also think, yeah, you you look at Michigan's staff this year, uh he's now gone, but you know, Courtney Morgan came in and did a great job. Um you look at how much some of the GAs have been uh, involved in recruiting. Ryan Arsborne is it a name. You've heard a lot this week um, as, as somebody who really pitched in a lot in terms of coaching and recruiting. So there's no doubt that you can't just rely on your head coach and your on-the-field coaches recruiting. The best recruiting teams in the country have really good off-field staffs.
0: And, you know, obviously the big thing in recruiting now is NIL, right? And that's, I mean, that's got to be the if you look up Google, uh, you know, searches, the trends, NIL has had to, had to just skyrocket in the last year, right? Um, but I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, is, is recruiting it here now in 2022, anything like it was, you know, two years ago, three years ago when NIL wasn't a thing yet? Or is it is it all about money now? Do kids even care about what school they're going to? Or is the first thing they ask, hey, how much money can you make me once I step on campus?
3: So to, to kind of answer that in a couple parts, recruiting is much different right now than it's been. And I think there's a few factors for that. I've always said, because uh, when I first started recruiting, there wasn't like huddle, there wasn't Twitter. Um, when I was covering recruiting at the start, and I've always said you, you kind of change the way that kids get recruited changes. But the reason that kids pick schools mostly still comes down to am I competing for championships? Can I go to the pros and what are your academics like? And then like, what is your campus like? What's the location? You know, I I think those factors will forever remain a part of the process. And I kind of thought they would always be the main pieces of the process. Now it's very different, I think, because of NIL and because of the transfer portal. Those two things have changed recruiting a lot. Now, that said, I don't think that every recruit is just going in there and saying, how much can I get paid? Because the amount of money that a recruit can make changes a lot. And it's really only large amounts of money are really only available to the tip top of the, you know, the Quinn Ewers of the world and the Travis Hunters of the world. When you sign a class of 25, you know, most of those kids are going to maybe get some local endorsement deals and be able to sign some autographs at the mall. But you're not talking about million dollar deals here. So for those kids, it's still the smart thing to pick the school that you want to be at. Um, it's still a smart thing to pick the school that you can best develop at and get to the NFL where you can make some real money. I think NIL, as long as you could, as long as those kids feel like they can pick up something somewhere, um, they're not all concerned about pulling in millions because that's just not realistic for the large majority of the recruits that are coming in. Now, what about like, um,
2: transfer portal and things like that? as well because that was also be something that wasn't uh you know as big a few years ago and now you got coaches like mel tucker who seem to be making their whole team on transfer
3: yeah i think for like we're talking about michigan it hasn't really affected michigan too much um but if you go if you look at other schools that have gone into the portal more their high school classes are a lot smaller and then i think if you're looking at more like the g5 schools especially like the max schools around michigan Uh, those schools have to change the way they recruit a lot because now that, you know, central Michigan just had several of their best players enter the portal. Um, You know, you you can have guys play their way into the portal. And I think that's something that they have to deal with now. Um, You know, you talk about a school like Michigan state where they've had uh, recently a lot of guys leave, but then they bring in a whole bunch of new talent via the portal that changes the way that you view a high school recruiting class. Now, Michigan state still did I think a pretty good job of, of balancing high school recruiting versus transfer portal recruiting. But then you have other schools where, you know, very largely coming in through the portal um, and, and you look at, you know, Indiana picking up a quarterback today. You know, they don't have to go and stretch themselves to find a high school quarterback. You can now go into the portal and fill immediate needs. So it has, if you know, it, it has made things worse, honestly, for the high school kids. You have a handful of kids out there right now. who are really good players who are having, Difficulty finding a home who had Power Five offers, and they went away because they waited too long. And schools went into the portal.
0: Now, you you mentioned Michigan; they're not really utilizing the portal as much. Do you think they need to? Uh, you know, they've obviously had some strong recruiting classes and land some landed some big guys. But when you think about Michigan right now, they're having a lot more people leave, a lot more guys leave right now in terms of transferring out than transferring back in. But Moving forward, do you think Jim Harbaugh and the staff should utilize that portal and go grab some guys?
3: You know, I think the portal may end up running its course a little bit. I I think that the portal is really good. Like I said, if you need to fill a need uh, and there's enough guys we've seen around the country who have come in via the portal and had a big impact to where you can say that it's a good thing. Now, I still think that the majority of the time, the best way to build a program is going to be to recruit the right kids and keep them in your program for three, four, five years to where those guys know the system. Those guys have been coming up through your strength and conditioning program. They kind of know the culture. I think you still prefer to do that for most of your roster. Transfer portal is about filling immediate needs, but you don't want to do too much of that. I think Michigan's done a good job of keeping guys on the roster. When you look at what they've done in developing, you know, a guy like David Ojabo who had barely, played football in the time that they recruited him you you, you want to be able to keep those guys in your program and develop them and then it helps you recruit more guys like that when you can say hey well, look what we did with this guy in development rather than just pull a guy from another school that had basically already been developed for two or three years
1: that's one thing i love about the transfer portal though, is like we, we got that center out of where virginia yeah and he He's like an all-American, and you know Michigan's able to grab that guy. Like you said, like if they just have a need, that they, they need to fill, and we had a need we needed to fill at center, and we were able to pull him out of uh, out of Virginia. And especially for him, he gets to play a higher level of competition now. Not that for you know not playing D one football, but and Big Ten's a little bit tougher than the ACC unless you're playing Clemson or uh, a team like that. So I, I love it for that reason for those players to be able to get uh, showcased a little bit more and maybe play at their dream school after they've developed somewhere else already because maybe they weren't getting recruited, you know, to Michigan or they weren't able to go to a school like that. Uh, so I'm kind of shocked to hear that you think it's going to die out a little bit.
3: Not Maybe not die out, but you have like 3,000 guys in the portal. I yeah. think that's not going to – hopefully that won't continue. And I also think that schools are going to, you know, kind of figure out how, 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 how good it is to – Develop your team through that. Build your team through the portal, and I think they're going to find that it's better to, you know, like, like we just talked about, pluck a couple guys to fill some needs. I think it's like the NFL. You can compare it to the NFL now because it's a lot like free agency, where teams who are bringing in tons of new guys year after year don't always have the continuity. But the teams that um, do the best in the pros are teams that have continuity, have keep a large part of their roster together and supplement that through free agency in the draft, but not just try to go out and hire a team for a year. And I think that's going to be kind of the same thing with college football in the portal.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you're talking about the, the continuity there is Bama and Georgia, right? I, they're, they're just separating themselves on the recruiting trail above anybody else in the country. And so the, the question there is, you know, I, how I put it, Uh, after Michigan's game against Georgia is I don't think Michigan or a team like Michigan can keep up with Georgia or Alabama, but I think that they can keep up with just about everybody else in the country. You know, do you see it that way where uh, Georgia and Bama are on that next level? And then there's kind of a second tier. Maybe you could put up Ohio state and Clemson and a couple other people up there too. Um, But there, you know, two part question there. Is that the, the tier system that you kind of see it as? And second, can anybody even possibly break through to the Alabamas of the world? Or does Nick Saban just just run it?
3: Yeah, so I mean, I'm involved in uh, the recruiting rankings, which you get year after year scrutinized and people <laughs> always kind of argue the value of them. Georgia and Alabama are two of the best examples of why I think they're important. It just gives you more margin for error, right? Like Michigan had to be, more perfect in that game um, because of Georgia's talent level. And, and, and so, you know, you give yourself more margin for error when your roster is like that, you give yourself more options. I think Michigan has recruited well enough to be within striking distance. Like I said, every year, and what you kind of just said of they should be able to compete for a big 10 title every year. They should be able to at least put themselves in the conversation for the college football playoff every year. And now you get into it and do we have enough talent to compete with Georgia and Alabama? Um, I I think that those schools have definitely separated themselves a little bit. And and I do think there are other schools who are right there with them, but Michigan consistently being in the top 10 to 15 in recruiting has put themselves at least in the realm of possibility. You're not getting blown off the field by those teams. You belong, you know, Michigan has plenty of guys who can be on the field with those schools. Um, But those, what, what I think what happened with those schools too, is they have a lot of, they're evenly distributed. It's not like they have a, a couple four stars or five stars here and there. It's like at every level. Yeah. And I think Michigan had some of that, some of those positions where they hadn't recruited as well. You could see where it, it now, I think, you know, you look at this class, they're recruiting bigger defensive linemen, which you saw how big and physical Georgia's defensive line was. You, you see Michigan bringing in guys like Kenneth Grant and uh, Mason Graham. I think they were missing that a little bit before. Um, I know the fans complain all the time about Michigan recruiting ends and turning them into tackles. Well, those days are gone. So I think you're now seeing uh, a little bit of a shift there to where I think that will help Michigan compete in the future. But certainly I think like um, when you are playing teams that are as talented as Georgia and Alabama, they, they are, you have to be so much more perfect. You can't, you can't do what Michigan did and, you know, get, get down into their territory and turn the ball over and those sorts of things against teams like that. So I think the, the more that your talent level rises on the roster, um, I think the more you're able to play kind of a, a even playing field type game with those schools.
1: So, Alan, I'm curious about, um, you know, on Michigan's recruiting board, like right now, let's look at, you know, 2023 and 2024, I guess. And uh, do you see any guys on there that have either already committed or you think might be leaning towards Michigan that, you know, could be those impact guys like J.J. McCarthy that can, you know, help keep the program growing or even turn it around?
3: Yeah. So, you know, I think that a a little kind of a subtle hint at where things may go for Michigan is being able to get Raylan Wilson uh, committed in the 2023 class. You know, Michigan picked up a bunch of 23 commits all at once. And the other guys you kind of expected a couple of in-state guys, Joel Starlings from Virginia, that's an area Michigan had recruited well in. But I think where you saw the benefit of the impact of the season Michigan had was being able to go down to Florida get a top 75 player in the country and bring in some speed at the linebacker position. That is, you know, that's a game-changing type of pickup. And if they can do more of that, I think that uh, that bodes well for their recruiting class. And obviously close to home, people are going to want to know where Dante Mork is going. You know, top flight quarterback. I think he has the ability to come in and be a kind of a huge impact guy. That's coming in behind a guy like J.J. McCarthy. So if you can follow up, J.J. McCarthy with another blue chip type quarterback like Dante Moore, I think that that's uh, that's huge. And then Jalen Brown, wide receiver from down in Miami, Gulliver Prep, I think he would be a huge addition. I think Michigan is continuing to look for speed and playmakers on the outside. I think that would help. They didn't go to their outside receivers a ton in that game against Georgia, and I think having some speed and ability to stretch the field will play in well with some of the other guys that they're bringing in. Uh, some of the running backs they're bringing in will supplement their power game, um, and, and Michigan hasn't really gone down into the southern states, I don't think, in the last few years, and been able to pull a skill guy like that. So Jalen Brown, I know, really likes Michigan. He would be a huge addition.
1: Man, when you said Dante Moore, you got me hyped up. If we can get <laughs> and after JJ McCarthy, I will be a very very happy Michigan fan. <laughs> Based
2: on kind of what has happened this past year. Um, And kind of what we see as the trajectory for Michigan in terms of their recruits and things like that, do you think the trajectory for Michigan as a program looks very positive and could continue to improve? Or is it kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, it's just got to play out and there's too many unknowns?
3: Well, I think this year was a huge step, right? Especially coming off of last year. You know, it it was hard to predict the season like this beforehand. But I think that kind of shows you the kind of the cyclical nature of college football. I think the teams that do the best are the ones that can maintain the success. So that's the challenge for Michigan. They're riding a wave right now. Like I said, you're getting some 23 traction. Um, They're going to have some big junior days and some visits coming up. Uh, Recruits are really interested in Michigan right now. They want to see the program. They want to get over there. uh, and, And Michigan's got some heat at the moment. Now, you know, if they don't sustain that success on the field next year, do they take a step back in recruiting a little bit? And and, and that can happen, you know, that can happen. It happens on the, on the big 10 West side. I looked at Northwestern has been to Indianapolis two of the last four years, but then the other two years, uh, you know, they weren't even at 500. So, you know, that's the challenge for Michigan is to be able to maintain the success show that, you know, this year wasn't a one-year wonder. And uh, I I think from there they can continue to up their recruiting and, and there's no reason that Michigan can't be a top five to 10 recruiting class every year. When you look at all the things they have to offer, with uh, some NIL possibilities, with the television exposure, with a huge stadium, with their academics. The missing piece was they, they needed to win a Big Ten championship and get themselves into a playoff, and now they just did that, so they just have to sustain that momentum. All
0: right. And the, the big question here, too, is surrounding Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, there are rumors flying like crazy right now about, is Jim Harbaugh going to the Raiders, to the Bears, is he staying at Michigan, all this stuff. And then the, the underlying rumors are that Jim Harbaugh is trying to leverage uh, his, you know, this year to get Michigan a better NIL program and possibly uh, uh, have their academic standards lowered for uh, for recruits so that they can get into Michigan easier. Um, do you buy into any of that? And And how much do, how much does that really affect you know, uh, recruit wanting to come to Michigan? Does Michigan really run into that anywhere where guys don't have the grades to get in?
3: Yeah, so first, you know, as far as the rumors go, I've heard them. I've read them. I've seen you know, the social media. I can't really comment any – I don't know enough to really say, like, this is – I can't confirm or deny any of that. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. I do think that if changes were to happen – uh, I, I think the biggest in recruiting, it's funny, the head, head coaches come and go. I think the assistants have so much contact with the recruits that who stays and goes from the from the assistant coach pool is uh, arguably more important than the head coach. So I have to see how that plays out um, with Michigan getting guys in. You know, you, you hear a couple every year. I don't think it's as frequent maybe as people think sometimes I know they've had some difficulties with junior college guys and, and uh, some credits transferring and things like that, but it really doesn't affect the, the large amount of the class It happens here and there. Um, but it's not maybe as widespread as people think that said, Michigan's continued to recruit well um, being able to sign top 10 to 20 classes. So, you know, Michigan has enough resources behind them to where, Uh, not being able to get in a recruit here and there shouldn't, shouldn't affect shouldn't tip the scales of their recruiting class too much. In my opinion.
0: Was there, was there maybe some problems with uh, admissions with uh, a certain uh, wide receiver that may have went to Texas instead of Michigan?
3: I've heard all kinds of different things on that one. Um, All sorts of different things. And, and, you know, my colleagues have kind of, filled me in on the story. I sort of forget exactly what happened there, but there was definitely some wires that got crossed and some things that he thought were happening that weren't happening. And, uh, and, and I guess that's really all I can't I really even remember what the exact story was. I didn't cover him personally. So I wasn't as involved in that one, but from, from hearing, uh, you know, the different stories there was, there was, did seem to be some sort of disconnect or some miscommunications, uh, in that recruitment.
0: Come on, you don't know, you don't remember every story about every uh, high school kid you've ever covered?
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, well, the ones that I've covered, yes, but if it's a kid out in California, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of hear things secondhand, so it goes in one ear and out the other.
0: <laughs> understandable, understandable. Well, uh, hey, we appreciate you coming on here. Uh, this was awesome to get a little insight. I think, you know, Michigan fans in general, we talked a little bit about it everyone is hoping that this is that one breakthrough, you know, piece for, for Michigan to get into, you know, they've had one or two top uh, five classes under Jim Harbaugh. uh, But I I think the consistency, as you, as you mentioned of like a Georgia and Alabama, when you are getting a top five class each year, that's when it brings you to the next level. So I think Michigan fans are really hoping um, that that, that gets to, you know, to that point pretty much. So I'll, I'll ask you uh, – let's ask for one prediction here. This is probably a ridiculous question for you. Where do you predict that this next class uh, for Michigan lands in terms of in the top ten, top five, where do you think they'll land?
3: I think they will almost definitely be in the top ten. I mean, this 22 class was in the top ten, and that class was largely finished before Michigan had the season that they had the year before they were thirteen. Um, and the year before that, they were 10. So they've been right around that top 10 to 15 mark every year. So I think they're safely in the top 10. I think they're going to have a real shot at a top five class. I, I would say they will probably finish between five and 10 somewhere is my, is my guess.
0: All right. I think we'll take that. Well, I think most Michigan fans would take that for sure. And, and it's uh, it's definitely a couple of those pieces, the guys, too, that are really bought in as well as we saw with guys like Aiden Hutchinson and even some of these freshmen, J.J. McCarthy, Donovan I- for sure
3: i'll say this too i think when you look at a class people look at the class rank but i think how those where those five stars play is really important like last year's class was ranked 13th in the country but when your five star is your quarterback and when your other five star is a running back and and you've got that skill talent to build your offense on i think a lot of that that matters too so when you look at a class um, and you see the class rank, that's the general rank. But when you look at where those positions are distributed, I think you you want your four and five stars to be at certain positions and having a five-star quarterback on your roster, as you've seen with how talented J.J. is. Um, I, I think that that's just as important, too, as just the general ranking of the class.
0: Yeah. And lastly, I can you tell the people out there, too, that there are only like thirty-five five stars in every class, and in Michigan can't get all you know all of them because I think that there are so many fans out there, and this is not just a Michigan uh, fan base uh, problem, I'm sure. But everyone's like, you need five stars. There's not that many of them, right, Alan?
3: There's not that many of them, and then those those thirty-two get really they go to like five or six different schools for the most right. part. So if you if you can get one or two a year, I think you're doing pretty good. You don't you don't need a bunch of them. I think you need to to fill your roster with talent and you need to fill your roster with physical talent, but that doesn't necessarily mean five stars. So, I mean, we can do, listen, I could sit here and talk to you guys for the next three days straight, probably about stars and rankings and what all that stuff means (laughs) at the end of the day, you need to bring in, you need to have talent on your roster, but they need to be, it needs to be evenly distributed among the different positions. And uh, no, you're not, you're not just not going to sign a bunch of five stars every year. You're, you're, you're happy to get, I think, one or two in the bucket every now and then.
0: There you go. There you have it. So don't freak out if Michigan just signs three and four stars, we're going to be all right. So Alan, thank you so much. You can follow him at Alan true on Twitter uh, and go check out all his stuff at two, four, seven sports.com. But we appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much.
3: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Thank you to Alan true for coming on. That was awesome. I mean, you guys, we said it before, uh, he came on too but like honestly the wealth of knowledge he has about these recruits and about the classes and all that stuff is pretty awesome to hear. That
1: job just sounds so frustrating. I <laughs> I, I can't keep up with recruit like I told when we were talking about Andre Sultan. I was like, yeah I remember hearing about him when he got recruited and he got bumped to a four star, but nothing after that. Like I don't know how he keeps up with all these kids because I it's I can't keep up with it and them going what schools they're going to. I would never be able to do that job.
2: No, he's, he's on top of it, and he's, like, in it deep, right? Like, he has a, a say in, like, who gets stars and stuff, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I would love to sit there at, like, a high school game or at the Under Armour All-American game with him and be like, all right, what are you seeing here with that guy? Why? What kind of stars are you giving him? Why are you giving him stars? All that stuff, because I'd be very intrigued to see – because my bet is, like, if you see a three-star and a four-star out there, like, they're probably really similar, right?
1: I, see, I mean, what if he's just out there like, oh, shit, this guy's got two towels and the other guy's only got one? <laughs> there's your fifth star right there.
0: <laughs> uh, did you see that dude's sleeve? Are you kidding me? Five stars, no doubt. Uh <laughs> <laughs> If we ran a recruiting site, that would be ours. We should start doing it, I think. I think we should start ranking, guys. <laughs> hey, if it was up to us, Dan Valar would be a five-star. That's true. That's true. That is true. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will uh, talk some more basketball uh, before uh, Saturday. Uh, Michigan uh, takes on Michigan State. Uh, maybe not before Saturday, I guess. We'll probably talk after. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll recap the Michigan, Michigan state game. Um, I think we're all hoping and praying right now for what Michigan basketball can do. Cause it hasn't been fun to watch. And that is why we haven't talked about it much. <laughs> so <laughs> we will, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more going forward though. We promise, but you can follow us at blue by 90 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at blue by 90 podcast or sorry, at Mason brew on YouTube. Now, uh, we we are part of the Amazing Brew Network, so shout out to the boys. Go blue, go blue,
2: go blue. That, that
0: we don't talk
1: about. <laughs>